Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and this is RegWatch by RegulatorWatch.com. It's the central question driving the entire debate over vaping. Keep flavors or lose flavors? No other issue commands the same urgency, not even nicotine. Consider that anti-vaping opponents believe flavors are the primary problem and allege flavors alone are responsible for attracting youth to vaping in the first place, which then allows nicotine to do its dirty business of addicting another generation of youth. For vaping proponents, the answer to the question of flavors is far from clear. Debate over the issue has left many relationships twisted and tortured as vapors square off, choosing what terrible price vaping should pay in order to relieve the incessant pressure that's destroying the industry. Of course, flavors dominated the discussion at the White House listening session on Friday, which brought vaping industry leaders and anti-vaping opponents face-to-face -face with President Trump. But were any concrete plans offer to help the industry get out of this flavor mess. Well, joining us tonight on RegWatch is Shell Hamill, national vaping advocate and candidate for U.S. Congress for the second, 22nd district of the state of Texas. Okay, now I know what happened. When I turn your mic on, Shell, uh, my mic goes off. So let me just uh, add, add you here this way. Now I understand. We won't re-rack, guys. I just needed the opening to happen right there. Okay. You know, um, obviously, clearly, things would go a heck of a lot more smoother if I had staff. Most people probably are, are getting an idea that RegWatch, literally the entire operation is run by me. Now, that's either could be a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, say one, two, three, four for me there, Shell. Okay, and I got... Sounds great, and I think everybody should be fine. So thank you so much uh, for bearing with on the audio problems. So Shelp, thanks for joining us. Um, the last time we had you on the show, it was just a couple of days after President Trump had announced his proposed uh, vaping ban, the flavor ban. And, you know, <laughs> that, you know, started everything. Um, you were just a civilian then, and now you're running for Congress. How much of a role did vaping play and this whole war on vaping play in your decision to run? Well, I think it played a huge role. Um, it, it, I mean, as I said a while ago, it infringes on, on civil liberties and, and freedoms. These are, these are huge um, and things that we stand up for as Americans. This is why we are Americans and, and part of our, our, um, our past and, and our history and definitely our future. Um, we have, we have a lot of things on the table here as far as, you know, second amendment rights. We've got a lot of nannying going on. And that's when I felt like it was, um, you know, it's just time I had, I had, uh, I was actually asked to the state, I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> I was asked to the state by a couple of legislators. I said, you know what, you really should run. Um, and, and, and I said, you know, I, I may think about this. I'm going to think about this. And, and later on, uh, it just so happens one of my uh, state reps, or this, my state rep, actually retired. And they said, would you like to run for state? And I said, um, you know, I, most of your laws and your bills, you can go to the state and you can fight. And generally, um, we know and have some relationships, some very good relationships with those in the state. So therefore, you know, we don't, we don't have um, too many issues, 
keep our fingers crossed. We've got another one coming up. But, you know, generally we, we do pretty well with those relationships. But it was, I said, I, you know, I want to be where I can move the needle, and that's in Congress. Well, little did I know that, of course, um, my uh, uh, representative, uh, congressional representative, <laughs> would retire. So I said, well, you know, i got to put my money where my mouth is, and uh, let's try this. <laughs> so... Here we are. <laughs> and here we are. And, and uh, we- we're just at the VoteShell.com website. And, uh, you know, you guys seem to really have, in a short period of time, thrown together uh, a really nice-looking site. And for everyone, you know, who can see this, if you're an American, uh, go to VoteShell.com uh, and make a donation. You can volunteer for Shell, request a bumper sticker. Obviously, we, there's not too many opportunities to get a chance to vote for such a passionate um, representative of the vaping industry at the national level, somebody proven who's an advocate and proven to get things done, proven businesswoman, proven as a mother, her kids are still aren't screwed up, at least as far as I know. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, are your kids are your kids dueling? Not yet. Not no. Yet. <laughs> they won't have that one. No, we won't have that one. Um, no, you know, honestly, it. Um, it was kind of a, a pr- the progression of things, and I heard a couple other people say that as well, so I'm going to steal it from them. But it kind of was a natural progression of things. Um, I I actually, I mean, when I think about these bills now and the language in them and, and reading them and even, even helping with the language in them, um, my my forte is in, in strategic thinking, thinking of, of the problem and thinking of it from both sides. And that's the issue. That's where, that's where the issue lies is when I would go into these legislators, where the, whether it was on the Hill or whether it was in the state and I would go into um, these offices, I would hear, you know, that they, they basically did not know what was in their bill. And that concerned me immensely because, you know, you're on the floor and you're voting for these things that affect people's lives. And, and why don't you know both sides? Why do you not understand this issue? And, and I understand there's a ton of issues for them to, to, to know backwards and forwards, and I totally get that. But if it is your duty um, and it's a, a heated topic such as this, this is a heated topic. If I've ever seen one, this is a heated topic. And I would not ever go into a discussion about vaping unless I knew all of, of the, all, all the issues. Both so, sides. so and we can important. count on you not passing uh, voting for a health care bill without first reading it, and and that's absolutely absolutely true, absolutely. Or or looking at it from all angles, understanding it not two steps ahead, but ten steps ahead. That's very important to me. Well, that's outstanding, Shell. And you know, a big plea for Shell is shouldn't be a plea; it should be a no brainer. So, um, in the vaping world, there's um, two words that if more people had it, certainly politicians, and God only knows public health, but if they had these two words together, we would be in such a better state as vapors, we'd be a better state as individuals, and our states would be better states, and that is common sense. Those no, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Street sense, common sense, however you wanna put it. I absolutely agree. And, and unfortunately, there's so many of them that don't understand it from both sides. And, and that's, I think that's crucial. I think it's critical. Oh, it's totally critical. So, Shell, I know mine, we had some time where you were talking there um, and my mic was off. So we're going to just kind of re-rack on that question, too, as well. Um, and, and basically, when it comes to the meeting 
uh, that uh, President Trump had. There was a lot of things that happened to get us there. Obviously, the work from all the organizations, CASAS, FADA, VTA, and, and all of them, right? Uh, oh, to absolutely. make that happen. But there was, there was consumers and consumer-led groups like UVA. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I, I think, I honestly, I, and I'll say it again. I'm sure everybody heard me say it before because you said only my mic was on. But I can't give these guys enough props. I mean, it was it was a group of these guys. And I'll say their names again. But you've got, you had Sherwin in there. You had Matthew Salter. You had Matthew Elliott. You had um, Tristan oh, Thompson. Tristan Thompson, you did. You had um, you had several of them. I mean, you can't even name them all because then they had they had people that they were um, they had uh, positioned out there to make sure that everybody was going the right route or taking care of issues. It was it was very well done, and and they were. Um, I think I think that motivated individuals, and we needed that. We needed that motivation, and we needed that passion. I mean, I've had it for eight years. And, and it doesn't die in me because people forget, I think, I really believe that they forget where they were when they were smoking that pack a day or two packs a day or whatever it was. And then they got this product and they went, holy cow, you know, my, my life has changed, you know. And once that happened, I think they need to be reminded of that every single time and whatever it was motivated them. Remind yourself of that every day and get up and be motivated again. It's, it's hard. Don't get me wrong <laughs> because I've been towing this road for a while. But keep doing it, whatever it is that motivates you. Well, when they uh, keep uh, beating down on you uh, like it's happening, oh. it's tough. Yeah. And certainly once it gets to the point where they're actually attacking your, you know, your living, uh, shops are closing, people are losing jobs. And that should motivate you more. Yeah. That should motivate you more. That should get you driving a little bit faster and a little bit harder. And I think that's what we saw at UVA and I, at, with the UVA rally. I think that's what we saw because it was just a, a lot of passion and, um, and, and a lot of things driving these individuals. And it, and it definitely came from that push and that push and that push. And it's like you just push them into that corner where they're like, you know what? That's it. No more. And I, I was, it was lovely to see. I thought it was a fantastic event. And just like you, too, uh, so well organized, which is great because things like that can turn into a shit show pretty quick. And scary, right? Scary. And I know they were scared, too. I mean, if I were on their side, I would have been scared like, all right, you know, hopefully this goes well. But, man, got a hitch. Did great. Our consumers did great. Everybody did great. I think you have to uh, thank uh, President Trump for some of that for delaying any announcement whatsoever. Because if they had come out that week, is they were supposed to, he was supposed to come out that week with the ban. Like it right. was already yeah, prepared. The executive order was already done. He had it on the plane. I think he was on his way to Kentucky for that speech, uh, and uh, and he wouldn't sign it. Right. And yeah, right. and yeah, that was on November fourth. And then of course the event was five yeah, it days. Yeah, could have gotten ugly then. <laughs> yeah. So what would have happened then? All, all I can say, and, and this is with mad props to uh, UVA and, of course, you know, Vaping Legion, uh, that uh, they've lost their revolutionary cred. That was such a well-organized and behaved event. They have. And I think that that is why, the, uh, on a, well, now who knows? I don't know this. <laughs> but I think that that's why that meeting was called. I think all those people in that one area and, and all this, that one, and, and, of course, the Texas rally and then, you know, the subsequent rallies after that, I think. I think he got the message that 
And I have to give huge props to um, Paul Blair because that information coming out of Americans for Tax Reform about, you know, the swing votes and, and, and that those votes would matter in his presidency, that's another issue. So you add all those things together. And, and it, you know what? It truly was the whole industry, everybody pushing on this end, whether it's in Texas or D.C. or Paul Blair at the Americans for Tax Reform or AVA with Greg on the you know, on, on the TV constantly, it took everybody and, and it was fabulous. It was good Don't to see. forget VTA. VTA. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. All of them. VTA, SFADA, every single one of them, they all were pushing and on the, on the news in reports, everybody came together and it was fabulous. I don't know how many years I've been yelling that. So, all right. So let's start jumping into then post uh rally and then post listening session kind of high though the the key thing i think to to make sure about the listening session is that it really put both sides of the debate right in front of the president and that was critical that was critical i do think and and tony abood from vta said this on the show two days ago that um people in the white house have mentioned and remarked that it was a remarkable performance by the president in that meeting, that it was uh, unusual uh, compared to other ones, and that he is more engaged with this issue than on others. And that's not surprising. It just took, it just took getting woken up uh, to the issue. I think so. Yeah. And I, I guarantee you that he looked across that table and he uh, recognized, you know, the larger corporations and some of the challenges. And we're going to hear some of those bites. I've got some clips here that we didn't put in our show on Sunday that we're going to do today uh, and watch a little bit from last uh, on Sunday just so I make sure we can get everybody on the same page, just a couple of pieces from, from the last sure. time. Um, so I can get your thoughts on it. But I do think that, um, that he saw his enemy. And when I say that, is recognizing that the same people or types of people that are his enemy on climate change, or on borders, or on healthcare, right, sure. on all of these the other main issues that are you know uh, are the most important issues to his presidency. He's got there's a certain kind of raving uh, kind of lunatic <laughs> that's his enemy, yeah. and right. and, and I th- and I think I think Romney displayed raving lunatic easy, and so did the others too as well. So the more that President Trump is exposed to those activists uh, that are actually, that are the regulators and the health uh, um, groups, the more he's exposed to that, I think the more he'll be on side. And so, you know, I'm highly encouraged by that. So let's he, take a- He was very, he was very I, I, I just noticed that he was absorbing every bit of it. He was absorbing every bit of it and I felt him listening and, and actually pushing back to some of the others. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a nice change. I know. I totally agree. So we're going to uh, play uh, a short clip. It's our early one, so uh, people can get a chance to you know catch names of who people are. Uh, and this is the one where uh, you know just listen for what sounds common. Well, this is a, a very big subject, and it's a very complex subject. Uh, probably a little bit less complex than some people think, uh, but. I'm here to listen, and I, I have very divergent views. Mr. President, I'm Senator Mitt Romney. Uh, myself and uh, Senator Merkley have authored, offered uh, legislation that uh, is very consistent with your policy from September, your discussion in September, which is to ban flavors so that we don't have kids 
getting hooked on nicotine products. My name is Matthew Myers. I'm the president of the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. I've been working on reducing death and disease from tobacco for 35 years, and I've never seen an epidemic this serious, this rapid, and this intense as caused by the flavors of e-cigarettes among our youth. And do you think you have a solution? I think that we do have a solution. And I think in September, the solution that you posed is an extraordinarily powerful step in the right direction. Okay, we'll take a look at it. I'm Gary Reedy. I'm CEO of the American Cancer Society and the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network. And I want to thank you for making this public health epidemic a national priority. So where are you? What is your stance? It's a very important position you have. What is your stance on vaping, e-cigarettes? How are you? Have you, have we, you taken a stance? Uh, yes, we have, and we are, are totally aligned and supportive with the position you took on September the 11th. We think that is a, a right step. That I put forward as a concept. Forward, yeah. correct. Okay. okay, let me take a look. Mr. President, it is no secret that you have great instincts, and your first instinct on solving this problem of the youth vaping epidemic um, we and, and I think many people in this room believe is the right one and that is ridding the market of all of these flavors including menthol flavor and mint flavor because it's the flavors that have hooked the kids. My name is Harold Wimmer. I'm the president and CEO for the American Lung Association and on behalf of our organization I want to thank you for your leadership in bringing this issue to the public light uh, that it needed to be and for also for you to also help us focus this on the kids and, and to really work uh, on this regarding the addiction that kids have on, on e-cigarettes now. And what is your position, may I ask? Uh, it's sim very similar to what you proposed on September 11th to ban all flavored e-cigarette products. So there you go. They had a strategy. No doubt in my mind how choreographed that was. Um, and 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 I and when I heard it the first time, that is precisely what I was thinking was everybody is saying the exact same thing. What you proposed, your ideas, your instinct on September eleventh, what you said. Mr. President, and, and that's what I consistently hear. And you would have to be, you know, extremely dense to not think these guys got together and this was choreographed from the very beginning. I mean, it was, it was very apparent. If it wasn't, it certainly should have been. Well, they, uh, public health and the activists, they, we do know that they are, uh, just, you know, very coordinated. Michelle Minton was on from Competitive Enterprise Institute last January, actually. It was the end of January we released the piece. I highly encourage people who haven't uh, seen that piece to go see it. And what's the name? Ah, it's called Collusion. <laughs> and uh, so right. just search our website or on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, and take a look at that piece, because that was a fantastic piece called Collusion. Um, <clears throat> there was something that uh, Meredith uh, Berkman, who's the co-founder of PAVE, which is Parents Against E-Cigarettes and anything mm -hmm. else that's fun uh, <laughs> kind of thing, she mentioned... Uh, anything else that's fun. Oh, I'm sure it's anything else that's fun. Um, I, she mentioned mint and menthol has to go. I thought we were talking about here leaving something for the smokers, and there's Pave saying we have to eradicate all these products from the market. Uh, eradicate, she said. 
Eradicate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. These are the totalitarian words, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, extinguish, eradicate, all that kind of stuff. And so, and take off uh, mint and menthol. Our conversation today, which is the devil's bargain, and I'll lay that out a little bit more as we're going, um, hinges on this issue of um, how much does the industry really give uh, or offer to give in terms of, um, well, an arm (laughs) in order to save a leg. Um, well, in this matter. Well, I think from I think at this point we haven't really had the chance. I mean, honestly, this is kind of our chance. Um, I think that we have proposed several different things at state level because of the flavor bans that have been offered. And and I mean, back in 2015, eh, maybe 14, can't remember. Um, I was kind of hearing this in the FDA, just just. Just little snippets here and there about flavors and what have you. And as a matter of fact, my speech was about you got to keep these flavors on the market. As a matter of fact, we did a survey. And, and Dimitri, I know, helped me push that one out. This was years ago. I don't even remember what year it was. But it was years and years ago. And and that um, that was to figure out, you know, to get all these people to respond. So we haven't really had this much of a push and been able to, um, to offer negotiations. But... Um, at the state level, I definitely know that we have. Shell, can I get you, I'm just loading up uh, some more clips here. Can I get you just to explain um, your position uh, off the top when it comes to the issue of taking flavors, say, out of sea store? So what I do is is when I was looking at this and when I'm, I'm really here, so first of all, you had three people at the table with, I don't know, there were the 18 total. I think there were 15 more. So you had 15 saying no flavors. The question was when you walked in the door, you know, flavors or no flavors. And his answer, his question was to everyone, what is your pro, what is your proposal? What is your solution? And, you know, and we ended it with no flavors, keep flavors. That's, that's kind of what we ended it with. And, and whenever I'm given me personally, whenever I'm given something of this, of this type of situation where you have to look at it from all sides. I look at it and go, okay, what can we do that will, number one, keep those jobs available. Number two, keep those small businesses um, protected. Number three, keep this available for consumers. And number four, address this issue of these flavors. And, and when I was looking at this as, as a whole story, I'm looking at it and going, okay, listen, first of all, there was a couple of things that I heard. I heard number one, that um, flavors had not only been around for two years. Absolutely incorrect. You know, flavors have been around for years and years. And I think the first thing that the president needs to understand is those flavors are not there just because of a preference. They're there because they're absolutely imperative to the successful journey that these smokers take when using e-cigarettes to get off of them, period. It's absolutely, it's, it's imperative that they stay. Why? Because the taste buds change and regenerate and we need those flavors there to keep them successful as they move along this journey. If he disrupts that process, he will send everyone straight back to tobacco. And he needs to understand that. He needs to understand the physiological effects that happens with the body and those flavors. That's first. Second of all, not that two years and you know the two um, that these have been on the market for two years. Flavors have been there for years. Two years, they become a, a, a problem with teens which the CDC itself says because of Juul entering into the market. The Pave Lady, what I forgot her name, but what is her name? Meredith. Meredith. Okay, so Meredith from Pave, she says, 
you know, Jewel came on in these high nick pods. Now let's ban flavors. I, I don't even understand the correlation. So that was that's the second thing that they need to understand is those have been on the market for years and years. Flavors have never been an issue up until right now when everybody thinks that they should be. Last but not least, when you look on the FDA website, and I do understand that there are more convenience stores, don't get me wrong. However, when you look at the FDA website and you do a search on where these warning letters are going out to, 94% of them are to C stores and general stores, and 1% are to vape shops. <clears throat> to me, that's very clear. What will make both sides happy? What is a solution that we can all live with. And that solution is to take those flavors, not tobacco, because that's what they're saying is take all the flavors off the market anyway and leave tobacco. So put, take the flavors and put them into 21 and over shops. It's already talking about raising the, the age to 21 and I definitely think they will. So take those flavors and move them into 21 and over shops. And number one, you deal, you, you, you take away um, the, uh, you take away the, 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 I'm sorry, you take away the flavors for the, you limit access to, for the youth. Okay. So number one, you limit access. Number two, you, um, you make sure that you keep all these jobs that are inside all of these stores and everybody, everybody's all this, the small businesses are able to survive. And number three, if what the FDA says and the data is correct, it'll make a 94% impact overnight. So for me, that's the best solution and not just, you know, if, as they say, get rid of flavors. So let's uh, have a listen here. Uh, this is a bite that we have not yet played. This one's a short one and then we're going to do a bit longer. Um, I want to get, I want to give our audience a little bit more of a flavor of the actual, pardon the pun, flavor of the, uh, the actual <laughs> debate that was happening. This one you'll really see the conversation that's going on at the table. Let's go to this one next. You said in September, um, former Commissioner Gottlieb has said, as long as flavors are legally available, the CEO of Juul that was speaking last there. And uh, we'll have a bit more of him coming up. Juul clearly is, is um, speaking in a manner that's not taking responsibility for flavors. Yet, though, they pulled all their flavors off the market, <laughs> is right. what they're saying. They're saying, and they're happy to participate in the FDA process, and they believe in science. So, I mean, Juul is really not taking a, a, a stand outside of pretty much lying down and waiting. And I believe that that's what Greg had actually said. He uh, absolutely, Greg, what I was just going to say is that Greg, I, he made several different good points, really good points. Um, uh, in that meeting, and that was definitely one of them, was, um, you know, that they're going to lie in wait. They're going to lie in wait until um, we have all gone out of business and they're able to sweep in and, and take over. And of course, it, but you're losing tons of jobs. You're losing tons of, of individuals back to smoking. It is, um, it would be detrimental to, to I think, public health to um, economy, it would be terrible. So Senator Mitt Romney, in that uh, little bit of a soundbite there, he said that, um, quote, most adults aren't using flavors. Right. I mean, I, I use flavors every day, but I mean, 
<laughs> it is that common sense that we discussed before. And frankly, it, it really is just hanging your hat on something and just staying there. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. They know different. They know better. They've heard better. They just don't want to say it in this meeting. And frankly, um, a lot of the things that he said were absolutely untrue. And, and he, I, you could almost tell that, that I think that Trump knew it was untrue or that he was kind of on to that. Um, he, he asked Tony a couple questions, pointed questions. Greg came in several times, you know, and, and laid the foundation for a couple of different things. And um, you could hear he was really listening. I, well, I do agree. I do believe yeah. that he was listening. Uh, what's fun about this next bite uh, that we're going to play, and let me just cue it up here, is that um, there is uh, a moment. Now, our, uh, let me just grab it here. Uh, I think this is going to be nine. Yes, this is clip nine. Yes, it is. Clip nine. All righty. So I don't know if anybody, if any of our viewers noticed, probably didn't because they're not a TV geek like I am. But nowhere will you see coverage of this White House listening session, quite like on RegWatch, because I took several different feeds from all the different cameras and stuff and then put them together. So a lot of that switching was mine. <laughs> some of oh, it wow. was a, some of the was the White House White Houses. But and then I also mixed all the audio together and cleaned it all up. So it was a pretty spectacular uh, piece of uh, little TV. So. This one is a little bit longer, and it's, it's going to uh, reveal and let people hear a lot from Matt Myers from Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. Again, I want to really hammer this home. This is the four-star general of uh, the war on vaping. He is the man that led the entire tobacco control movement. He single-handedly, sure. much to the chagrin of many of his colleagues back in the late 90s, he single-handedly negotiated the settlement agreement. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been prospering ever since. Matt yep. Myers. And it's not playing. Now he's hiding from you. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Withdrawal symptoms. So what would you do, Matthew? I think I think the answer is except for tobacco. So they've uh, already removed all of their flavor skews from the market, is what Jewel is saying. Um, and and you know that's that's a heated debate amongst a bunch of individuals on whether I think. Some of them are saying, and, and I don't know this to be true or not because I don't go and buy them or, or go and check their stock, but um, I have heard that they did not pull them. They just stopped sending them. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things, but regardless, I think that, um, I think that Greg touched on it and, and, and he said exactly what is, what is their, their driving force and all that is they're, gonna, they're just going to sit back and, and watch it all unfold and then take over. And, and I agree. I mean, that, I think that's been kind of uh, the the way that they were going from the very beginning, from the way that they handled this. And um, I mean, we've all seen many things inside the states where they are the ones who were the um, the authors of most of a majority of the tax bills. I so it's it's um it's disheartening 
frankly. And it's disheartening from my standpoint. It's disheartening from an industry that started this, that started this journey, um, made these products, improved these products, um, innovated on them to where the smoker could easily switch. And it's disheartening to see all of this unfold. So let's talk now about the devil's bargain. And what does that mean? And I think everybody out there will have some kind of an idea about what that means is because, so first the, the, the youth vaping so-called epidemic uh, came out and that you know has been banging away for 12 months, almost sure. 12 months to the, almost 12 months to the, to the date. All of a sudden we have this lung hysteria over obviously deaths that everybody knew were not attributed to traditional retail bought nicotine vaping devices and juices and it was cannabis products. But that doesn't matter because uh, public health was searching for a pretext uh, in order to smear vaping, uh, to attach death to it mm -hmm. and to move uh, vaping from uh, the safer uh, than smoking risk category over to as deadly or deadlier than smoking. So that, that's right. where we're at, that's just it. And it's reopened up in Canada, um, uh, the whole regulatory process and, and it's made a very touch and go uh, provinces are calling for bans. Of course, in the states, we have states that have actually banned, and we'll talk <laughs> about New York in a, in a minute or two here after we get through uh, the last of the White House stuff. So, but where we're at here is some uh, groups, and I'm talking now in both countries, um, advocate that the only way to stop this is for nicotine caps um, to pull um, flavors basically using their terminology. Uh, uh, so that would mean tobacco, maybe mint menthol would stay in, in, in convenience, but you know, the vast majority of products yanked out of C store and put into adult only shops. If you're online at all, which we all are and in our groups and in our news feed and looking at what RegWatch viewers are saying, what friends, family, colleagues are saying online, they are they've had enough um they yeah. literally believe that jewel regardless um just their presence in the market anymore for one more minute um threatens uh the traditional um industry and those products must get out of uh c store grocery gas all that kind of stuff and it just should be adult only however if you give them that is that going to satisfy them because Jewel gave them mango and right. then they came for uh, mint. And then Jewel gave them mint. Now they're coming for menthol. And I mean, they just ginned up a whole series of national statistics from youth saying, oh, now they love menthol, right? And so they've even sure. said, yeah, so where does the giving stop? And isn't it just death by a thousand cuts? Uh, you know what, and, and it absolutely could be, and a lot of people have that position that, you know, you just say no to everything. I mean, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on both sides of it, but when you're looking at the youth usage and the uptick of the youth, it definitely started right around the, at the time when Jewel was entered into the market. And you know what, even your pave, uh, Meredith, is that her name? Yes. Um, even, even Meredith said these high nicotine products. And, and, and she's absolutely right. 
there are some adults that use these high nicotine products and we don't want to limit access to them. So the, like I said, the good negotiating, I think, point of all of that that I said before was they're saying it's the flavors. If it's the flavors, limit that access into those 21 and over shops. FDA is saying it's coming from convenience stores and, and general stores. If that's the issue, limit that access into those 21 and over shops. And, and that, that way you can approach this and you can still have access across the board to everyone who needs these products regardless. And if it's not, understand, if it's not and these youth are still walking into these convenience stores and we're still getting these warning letters, hmm, must not be the flavors, huh? So, so, so am I to assume then that when you look at the White House meeting and you believe something was missing, um, is that thing that's missing a full-throated argument on behalf of that, which is we must pull the product um, out of C-Store and that kind of thing. Is, is that what you believe is missing? That is my opinion. That's my opinion. Now, I mean, you know what? And, and I may not be uh, very popular for that opinion, but anytime we go into a legislator's office, they usually want a solution. And, um, and I agree with you that we don't want to give too much. And I'm not saying, and that's why we don't want to push back. We've, you got 15 people in the room to our three that are saying, get rid of flavors. You've got many more outside the room that are saying, get rid of flavors. That, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure here. And I know that there has to be. What, what can we live with? And those, I, I, I believe that those are the things that we can live with. Whether it's jobs whether it's making sure that access is, is there for adults, making sure that access is there. I mean, much like we do in Texas. Now, I know that this isn't the true, this isn't true of all states, but in Texas, liquor is not allowed in, in grocery stores or convenience stores. However, you can buy beer and wine. And I think that's, a, that's, that's in a lot of states. I just know, I know it's not in all of them. But I mean, and so you limited that access because of, of that, that youth usage and it seemed to work fine. So I was, I'm proposing the exact same thing, but you can't get rid of flavors and he needs to understand the reason why you can't is because it's imperative to this process. So there's, there's a lot of things in there and I know that some people don't want to give at all, but we're at the position where we need to find a solution. And for me, and as far as my opinion goes, that is the solution that is doable on both sides. And frankly, if it's the flavors, fine. They go into only, limit that access to them where they go into only 21 and over shops, which is where I think that they're gonna go to anyways, move it up to 21 federally. Right, okay, so let's, um, so now that we've laid out the position, um, we've got Greg Connolly here from the America Vaping Association. And um, I want everybody just now knowing where we're at, you, you can, you can see him um, struggled over the issue, I think is, is the right thing. And so he has the president's ear and it's exactly at that moment about, you know, do you, are, it's because the whole thing here is that if you, and I know that you're a pure vapor, I mean, you know, in terms of from, Absolutely. The, 
from the harm reduction and ideology point of view. So this is what we're capturing here in this devil's bargain is the fact is, I mean, it's torturous because if you believe, which so many people, you know, do, and so many of you have been around so long in this fight and you believe in harm reduction, you every, like the more ubiquitous the access is, the more smokers that you'll be able to reach, the more smokers right. that will be able to stay with it because of the convenience, the more flavors that there are, the more personalization and customization a smoker can find in order to be successful with quitting smoking. And of course, the high nicotine salt content that's in a Juul is not there to get teens addicted. It's there because a two pack a day smoker, you know, 50 year old smoker, um, needs that level of nicotine. So that's the original kind of concept here. So you believe in all of that, and then yet you're being, you know, harassed and bullied and lied to and lied at and like, oh, it's like crazy. I believe I believe that you don't limit access to adults for these products. However, if we have to limit access to youth, I mean, I guess I guess the way I would say it is we don't need to look at it as limiting access to the adults. We need to look at it as limiting access to the youth. I mean, but, if that makes sense. Right. But if you OK, <clears throat> so let, let's play the clip then. Perfect. Sure. OK, great. Should be able to continue in adult only stores, but that's not the best. We want smokers to be able to access these products everywhere. They can purchase a pack of more. Um, and that was no. Product. And he, he said he said these products. And I was, and my my proposal is just flavors. So keep those products, keep those tobaccos, and if they allow mints, whatever they're going to do with that. And and there's there's some debate on that as far as like teenagers. I think they also had a a big discussion on on minorities and 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 menthol inside um, uh, the other hearing. So you know there's a, there's a lot of debate on that. But I'm saying definitely keep those those products there, but flavors themselves, all flavors only in tobacco 20, you know, in, tw in 21 and over shops. So what's your advice to those out there? Like describe for our audience what you've seen as an observer with regard to some of the internal, you know, head cracking that's been going on over this issue. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's the normal, it's, it's, I think it's everybody's position that you don't give too much. But I think we're at, the, we're at the point where we have to come to a solution. He's asking for a solution. And right now we walk in and it's no flavors, keep flavors, but that, you know, and we walk out with no flavors, keep flavors. And so that's, that's what I'm saying is that there is, he's asking for that solution. Anytime a legislator has an issue, they always want the solution because it makes it much easier, of course. Um, but I mean that it, that's that's the solution that I think that everyone can live with. So do it, I think they'll keep pushing? Absolutely. They're well. They're not going to have a lot of time to push because next thing we got to battle is the PMTA, which, frankly, all of this has diverted our efforts away from that. And we need to be working on that and working on uh, reasonable regulation within that, which Greg Conley also touched on, which I was very thankful for too. So. You know, that PMTA process is the next hurdle that we have to be looking at. And hopefully this, you know, this may, could, may have been a blessing so that it could be at the forefront of his mind when he starts thinking about this, you know, that, hey, you know, this is this is the next thing I'm going to have to worry about 
in this hot seat of the presidency? Well, certainly, uh, I do believe this is a blessing because nothing else could have captured his attention and woken him up to the issue. I mean, look at how much it took. I mean, he, he literally went on the record to ban. So, no, you know, I agree. yeah, it was it took a lot. And now, I mean, they poked the bear. They woke him up. Yeah. Uh, now, and- personally, I believe now this is a personal thing. Personally, I believe that there should be a Nick cap. But what, if, what we do have, like I said, we do have consumers that use those adult consumers that use those products. So I don't want to limit access. But that's a personal belief. I mean, just only because we didn't have that high nicotine content for so long, and then all of a sudden we needed it. It it didn't make it didn't make any sense to me when I had had, I think at the time, fifty plus thousand individuals that we had helped through our shops quit smoking. So we knew the product was working. I just didn't understand why we needed that high nic content. But that's a personal thing. Hmm. I know I need my 50 salt, but but it... Uh, and it, again, again, I'm not saying that it's for everybody. I And that's why I said, you know, let's just, let's make it sure that we limit the access to the youth. And that's the way we need to look at it, is limiting access to the youth, because we know there's a problem. So as long as the debate stays in the simple keep flavors, lose favors framework, right, we're not going to get anywhere. That's what you're saying. Well, then we leave it. Then we leave it up to. Then we leave it up to him. We leave it up to whatever chatter he hears the most, and that's the thing. And that's what I don't want to happen. I want it to be a very, um, a very direct. All right. So we're back up. Hold on. All right. So I think we're I think we're back up. Looks like it. All right. So that was uh, like that, what I was saying. That was the first that was the first <laughs> crash that I've I've ever seen, and it was definitely at a time when uh, yeah, certain forces might have been uh, working against <laughs> us there to crash your uh, the crash uh, your thing. We don't like what she's saying. You're gone. Be gone. Uh, all right. So one second here. I'm just making sure. Uh, damn it. What about the. U.S. Okay, I'm so I'm just looking here. Okay, everybody, I'm assuming that we're good to go. So, and we're back up. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. Back up. Good. Got it. I was looking for the message. Okay. So, devil's bargain here. I mean, getting very. Uh, I don't like any of this, uh, but something's got to be done. Certain. That's certain. It's just the point is, is that you're negotiating really with you know a a, a wall. Because you're not really negotiating with government because they're subject to the pressure from progressives. You can't negotiate with progressives because they're totalitarian. And uh, they will not give an inch. Progressives won't be happy until they're walking through the streets shooting every last survivor. True. Yeah. True. I mean, I, I, I understand your point, Brent. What I'm saying is that he is in a position where he needs a solution, and we need to give him a viable solution. Um, and and unless, I mean, he's he's even got Melania in his ear, so we have to be very diligent in coming up with some type of solution which will address the flavor issue. 
not all the other issues because we have to take these one step at a time. But, you know, at this point, I, I agree. It is, um, it's one step. Um, and, and like I said, it is, I believe that it, it is a viable solution for everyone. I totally agree. So we're just uh, over here, just taking a, a quick look here at uh, Give Them Hell Shell. So that's uh, VoteShell.com. And while you are online looking at voting for Shell, uh, please take a moment and head over to support.regulatorwatch.com. That's, of course, our microsite for our funding for uh, Regulator Watch and to cover our vaping coverage. And, of course, if you go here, you can see a whole bunch of our argument. I will be updating uh, the front page here for next month very shortly. And I just want to walk you over and do a little bit of uh, backslapping here for John Glauser at Demand. Um, they've uh, come on as an anchor supporter, which is fantastic. Um, and really He's a really nice guy. Really great guy. And uh, he was on the show on Sunday, and he's been very supportive of us behind the scenes for some time. And, of course, very close with Sean at Flavor Art. Now, this does not mean we don't need your help still, because, of course, we do. Um, all the companies involved in this industry have been hit, and RegWatch is downstream. So uh, because you see them up there, it uh, doesn't mean that uh, we don't need your help, which we still do. So go to support.regulatorwatch.com uh, and uh, contribute today if you can. Um, so, Shell, I want to talk to you about New York. Uh, that happened today. And when you and I first uh, spoke about it, you didn't find it so remarkable. It was just kind of like, yeah, the, it's it's been going that way for a while is the kind of attitude I got from you. Those poor guys have had a beat down. They really have. And um, Spike, um, you know, they have been fighting. Cheryl, you know, they have been fighting for so long against um against this this state government i my heart goes out to them because every every time i turn around it seems like they are they're pushing on another issue and um they they push back today that's for sure so um that they did um they're worn out they're tired you know that it is it is um it has gotten to that point where i think we all are it's uh it's a beat down yeah, it is a beatdown. And, I mean, in New York, they've had it um, especially bad. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Washington State as well. Um, I mean, you know, there's several of them out there. They've they've all – and that's the thing. That's why I keep saying is that that is going to be the answer nationally because that's the only answer that they see plausible. We've got to show them there's another answer that's plausible, especially when you have several different states that are doing this. You know, doing it at a national level is the next – you know, you would think is the next step for them. And we want to make sure we stop that. Utah, I believe, is the one that that began legislation with taking um, these products and putting them in 21 and over shops. Now, I'd have to read it. I, I'm not sure if it's, I forget whether it's just flavors. I thought it was all. But um, regardless, they took that step. And that that's reasonable. It is more reasonable than shutting down these shops and, and putting these people out of business and out of jobs. So let me uh, just... And pushing uh, everybody back to smoking. 
And pushing everybody back to smoking, exactly. So yeah. this is New York City today. The New York City Council voted overwhelmingly Tuesday to ban flavored e-cigarettes as officials seek to curb a spike in underage vaping. The ordinance bans all flavored e-cigarette and vaping liquid flavors except for tobacco. And the mayor, who is just a nightmare, um, is in this. I didn't understand this. This is Mayor Bill de Blasio will either sign the bill or let it pass in a law. Is New York so crazy that a law passes a council and then the governor, I mean, it could just become law without the, I don't understand that, actually. It's just, it's so poorly written, but it's, <coughs> who, I mean, either a bill becomes law with the mayor's signature or it doesn't it can just become law without the mayor to sign off on it it just makes no sense so this I is know. also the city where they're allowed to if i'm not mistaken pee in the streets so uh, yeah 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 well yeah let's all, let's let's put it in perspective here yeah <clears throat> well the the cities with the worst problems are all the most diehard progressives san francisco new york los angeles New York City is finally addressing a public health crisis, which has been mounting for years, while state and local governments across the nation did next to nothing. We are finally taking action to address the resurgence of youth nicotine addiction caused by e-cigarette usage. City Council Health Committee Chair Mark Levine, who introduced the legislation, said in a statement Tuesday, with this vote, the City Council is moving to ban the fruity, minty, candy-like flavors of e-cigarettes, which were clearly designed to appeal to young people in the first place. And that is the talking point that was in the White House, that has been repeated tens and if not hundreds of thousands of times in newspaper articles, radio and television, is this idea that the fruit, minty, candy-like flavors of e-cigarettes were clearly designed to appeal to young people in the first place. I mean, that's just bullshit. Okay, so let me just walk you back to 2011 when we opened up our first shop in McKinney and we had 14 flavors, three of which were tobacco flavors and the rest of them regular flavors. BS. These were not designed to hook children. They were designed exactly the reason why I said was to keep these smokers on a successful journey for quitting smoking. That was what they were there for. We would have people come in, let me, let me put it to you, we'd have people come in after they were using tobacco flavors and going, this tastes terrible, this tastes awful. And we were like, all right, you know what? Your taste buds have changed, come here. And you'd have to find a flavor that they could stick to and consistently do all day. So there's a reason why they were there. You know, there may be people that are, you know, you know, that started in 2015 or or even 2016 that don't remember that. But I remember it because I was there and we had to come up with different. You can't even imagine the types of flavors that we had to come up with because they could do banana, but they couldn't do it all day long or what have you. And, and that is the reason why they are imperative to this process and if you take flavors off the market you disrupt that entire process and everything we started out doing that was working it's working so it was not for youth if it was not for youth okay so shell i'd like you to set up uh this clip uh from with spike that we have so who spike for our audience that does not know, and what Spike is this is, clip? 
Spike is with the New York Vaping Association. Please tell me I'm saying that right. I hope. And um, uh, she owns a shop. Could be a couple of shops, but she owns a shop in in New York. Very, I just I just adore advocate. Very back, you know, it's been here years and years and years with me, and and um, and she's just she's a great woman. So this very is passionate. so this is right after uh, the city council passed. Excuse me, this ban, correct? Yes. This is right after they they passed it. Okay. I vote a 42 affirmative, two negative, and zero abstentions. The revised land use call-up vote is 44 affirmative and zero negative. We will now have introduction and reading of bills. All bills have been referred to. The sergeants, if you could, if you, quiet in the chamber. If you could uh, clear the balcony, if the sergeants could clear the balcony. <coughs> Please clear the balcony at this time. Some good bedlam there. So that, we're back me, on. Yeah, it's just um, it breaks my heart. Why? Because, um, well, it 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 shows the frustration level in that state, and it breaks my heart because they should be listening. You know, I mean, it, it's that listening to both sides and, you know, regardless if you're talking about, you know, vaping or, or guns or um, any of the issues that we face in these hearings, you know, it, you should be listening to both sides and hearing both sides, truly hearing both sides. And, and you can just hear the frustration in, in all of that and the passion come out of uh, people losing their businesses, their jobs, their um, their livelihoods. And um, it's just, it's a sad state. That it is. I, I'm not certain that we can actually end on a high note. And let me kind of pick a last question here then, knowing that. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> positivity here. There, no, no, there is no positivity. Uh, is I what know. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so are we not, we're talking about a fundamental destruction of trust in our institutions here. Because this, we're talking FDA, we're talking CDC, we're talking about our state governments, uh, we're talking about our city governments in the biggest city in the country, we're talking about non nonprofit public health organizations, uh, we're talking about academia, and we're talking about almost the we're talking about the entire mainstream media. Right. So, as somebody who's going and wants to get elected to go into the swamp. What the hell, man? Why? <laughs> uh, because I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference just like um, I wanted to make a difference inside this industry and that I tried to do um, every day. That and, and that, you know what? There are too many times that I see that they don't look at both sides, whether it's from the single mom or the, um, the, the individual that's struggling at the time um, economically in any of those. And there is always, not everybody sees it from both sides. And, um, that's why, that's why, because I want to walk in there as the common, the common man and listen to things and make decisions that are reasonable and with common sense. Well, there's the two words that I love so much is common sense. And let's hope uh, everybody gets a good, healthy dose of that. Shell, thanks for coming on RegWatch tonight. Thank you for having me, Brent. I Any, appreciate it. Anytime. And best of luck with the election. Obviously, that's next year. And have yourself a great Thanksgiving. And for our audience. You too. Out, thank you very much, Shell. And for our audience out there, um, I'm not certain this could be our last episode before the actual Thanksgiving holiday. If it is, allow me to please wish all our U.S. viewers a happy Thanksgiving. It is a special time for me uh, because I've lived on both sides of the border. I do uh, feel a special uh Kin to the U.S. Thanksgiving. So do enjoy it and uh, be safe out there. So that's it for this edition of Reg Watch. Uh, please do uh, go to sport.regulatorwatch.com, take a look around, dig into your wallet, find a few dollars, toss them over to us. You'll feel so much better for doing it. Trust me, believe me, you will. And while you're there, don't forget to go over to Facebook and like us there and follow us on Twitter. For regulatorwatch.com, I'm Brent Stafford.